Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it, or in this case, what the hell is happening in this movie. Uh, we are talking about jujitsu today. Joining me is Sean Malloy from I Must Break This Podcast. Uh, you've heard him here on the show a few times in the past, and I've been over on his show a couple times, so... Uh, very much looking forward to trying to figure out what's going on with this crazy, ridiculous movie that I was very much looking forward to as a fan of Nicolas Cage, especially weird, ridiculous Nicolas Cage. But unfortunately, this movie uh, did not quite deliver in any department whatsoever but we'll get into that as we get into the conversation uh before we do get to that i do want to remind you as always to make sure you are subscribed to piecing it together on your podcast app of choice and of course follow us on social media at piecing pod and you could also join our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show and uh also check out our patreon where we've got a whole bunch of advanced episodes of this show as well as bonus content bonus content from awesome movie year the other movie podcast i produced and stuff from my music career so lots of great content over on the produced by david rosen patreon so uh december is a crazy month we are just filling in as many episodes as we can leading up to the end of the year we'll of course have a top 10 list episode coming up as well and a couple other special things coming up too so lots of podcasts coming your way. Thank you to everyone who has been checking out the show and leaving feedback and all that stuff. We definitely appreciate it. So uh, yeah, let's get into this conversation about jujitsu. All right, so back on the show. It's been a while, but Sean Malloy is with us. Sean, how's it going, man? It's it's going well. It's going well. Um, I I think the last time I was on, we were. Uh... I was on for Bloodshot, which was the uh, mm-hmm. the last movie release for the pandemic or whatever. I think that's what we talked about. And um, I'll, I'm just going to say it right now. I enjoyed Bloodshot a lot more than this movie here. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I got I'll say it right here. I don't even know why we're doing this one, but I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it, though, because, uh, yeah, this movie jujitsu is just a mess. Um I, I don't know. Leading into this, obviously, we, we know that neither of us really like this movie. Uh, but did you have high hopes for it based on like the trailer, the concept, the people involved? Was this something you went into open heart, open mind to this thing? 
Yeah, yeah, actually, most definitely, yeah. It's funny, and I'm actually going to piss off um, a lot of the various Facebook groups that I follow, and, uh, you know, because, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people seem to have really liked this movie. I mean, this movie really gets divided, where um, people either really loved it, or they kind of like were, were me, and they did not. And I know this sounds kind of bizarre, me being the big action fan that I am, right. to have been so disenfranchised with this. But, yeah, what's interesting about this one is, yeah, there was a lot of hype. I mean, I guess... I guess in certain circles, I guess. Okay. You know, the, mm. the action fan circles or the ones uh, who follow martial arts cinema. Yeah, there was, there was a lot, um, there was a lot of excitement for this. And the, and the excitement actually goes all the way back to in pre-production when it was announced, it was, mm. um, it was pretty interesting. I mean, first of all, you have the title jujitsu, you know, that, right. I mean, that's it. But the movie is just titled jujitsu named after Amazing. a, a, a martial arts fighting style. And then when you heard the cast, okay. I mean, it had, cause it had a pretty promising cast. At Frank Grillo, who, mm-hmm. um, you know, Frank Grillo is, has become a name in, in his own right. Uh, Tony Jaw, amazing martial artist. Um, Alan sure. Moosey, who, he's a good martial artist, but I think that's about yeah. it. He's kind of he's kind of bland, <laughs> you know. And then Nicolas Cage, yeah. which I have a lot of things to say about Nicolas Cage. So when you heard about the cast, and then in a movie called Jiu-Jitsu, it was like, okay, this could be fun. And then what's interesting, I don't know if it was in your neck of the woods, but this actually got a one night uh, theater release um, a few weeks back, actually. And then it was put on VOD. But it did get oh. a, a, a one night theatrical release because. So I this think, is eligible for Oscars then? Yes, yes, actually. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and so, and I think they did that because they realized there was a market. While it is a small market, and I'll admit I'm probably, I'm a member of that market. Um, right. Yeah, they, they did put it in theaters for that one night because they figured, OK, we can get some ticket sales for it. Um, and I, I will say right now, actually, I was a little bummed because at first, actually, because I was like, oh, man, this is playing in theaters. And then the whole theater shutdown happened. And I was thinking to mm-hmm. myself, man, it would I would like to be able to tell people that my last movie I saw in theaters before they all close up for good was jujitsu. And then I watched it at home on VOT and I was like. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I don't yeah. think I really want to tell people that, actually. <laughs> I did all right for myself. Yeah, no, I, I, know, I knew you would be excited for this coming from the action movie uh, point of view. And I, I was excited for it coming from the crazy batshit Nicolas Cage performance point of view. Yeah. And it didn't deliver on that either. Uh, and, and yeah, we'll get into it as we start getting into some puzzle pieces and stuff like that. But this movie just really is a lot of promise with not a lot of delivery. And and it, it's especially disappointing because it really did have a great trailer. I mean, we all kind of went nuts over the trailer, I think. like Especially like Nicolas Cage fans <laughs> went, went kind of nuts over that trailer when it first came out. And so this was one that was definitely something I was looking forward to, even though I knew it kind of had you know, some of the trappings of, you know, the direct-to-video action movies that aren't necessarily my favorite thing in the world. But I just thought it would be a little more fun than it ended up being. I, to be honest, David, I, I don't know what in the hell this movie was. I, I really, <laughs> I was, you know, completely uh, just uh, maybe not so much confused, but I mean, so th- there were two things about this film that really sold me on it when I first heard about its announcement. Um, I think I already mentioned the cast. Now, when you, when you look at the cast, sure. um, it, it, it was very apparent that I think what happened was they had the idea um, jujitsu. Okay, they had this idea and they had this title for a film. And then it seems like they almost just kind of uh, 
went to various agencies and they said, hey, who is available? What actors are available mm -hmm. in the action genre that we can cast? Frank Grillo, he's available for two weeks. Awesome, let's nab him. I don't know what role he'll play, but let's get Frank Grillo. Tony Ja, are right. you kidding me? He's amazing. He's mm -hmm. available for a week. Let's get him as well. And then they were kind of like, Nicolas Cage. Ooh. Well, Nicolas Cage, he, he pretty much does weird stuff nowadays. Let's throw him in there as well. And so they had all Perfect. these you know, actors of the genre in various roles. And like I'll admit, I'll, I got a little excited. I will admit right now regarding Nicolas Cage, I mean, he that right there, can we just say, Nicolas Cage, that, that could be a, uh, a podcast and a discussion in itself. I, I think <laughs> his career, especially of the last 15, 20 years, is fascinating. And I honestly, I was actually really glad that you invited me on for this because regarding Nicolas Cage, I, I, I wanted to, you know, it's interesting because I almost feel kind of bad for Nicolas Cage mm -hmm. nowadays, because yeah. I feel like he is being treated with a lot of the roles that he is getting nowadays. He's almost being treated as this sideshow attraction because yeah. there, there was a time, I mean, long ago, but there was a time where he was in really respectable pictures, really respectable mainstream theatrical releases. You know I mean? He's an Oscar winner for God's sakes. So, I mean, there was yeah. a period where he was, in Leaving Las Vegas and Guarding Tess and The Family Man, these movies that were all mainstream. And then and my I favorite think, movie adaptation, my number adaptation, one favorite movie. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, yeah th there you go. I mean, and the guy has acting chops and I'm trying to pinpoint about when it was, but it seems like he there, there it hit a certain point where suddenly all he was getting was these maybe not bizarre roles, but these movies where like I said, he's being treated as a sideshow attraction, almost where producers are saying, hey, Nick Cage, bring out the monkey. Like, we need yeah. you to bring out the monkey now, you know? I mean, and even that clip that I um, that I texted you the other day, um, he did this, you know, lame, uh, low-budget direct-to-video movie called A Score to Settle, which um, is not right. an action movie. It's more of a drama movie, but there is a scene near the end where he's going off where he's saying, beef, beef, and the way he is playing it <laughs> is so ridiculous, so, you know, just bizarre watching it that any kind of dramatic tension that was in that movie that was, I'm, I'm assuming, intended is completely thrown out the window. And so I can't help right. but wonder if when he's getting signed on for these projects, they're just, like I said, they're saying, hey, Cage, we need you to plot the monkey. We need you to do that funky Cage dance that you do. That's what's selling. Because, I mean, if you look at the stuff that he's done within the past few years, um, he did Mom and Dad. He did Mandy. Mm. Um, and a lot of people seem to really enjoy those movies. I was kind of mixed on them. His next one coming up is called uh, Wally's Wonderland, where he right. is. I don't yeah, know if you've yeah. heard about this one, but he takes mm -hmm. on a bunch of like Chuck E. Cheese, Five Nights at Freddy's, like animatronic animals. Like it's like he is so far removed from the days when he was this Oscar winning, <laughs> you know, person. And you see him in this movie where he's wielding a sword and putting on paper hats and it's like what happened <laughs> i have to hope that he's just having fun and he just doesn't really care that much about like the weightiness and seriousness of these roles and it's just i like to i like to put on outfits and play make-believe or something and it's just it's just fun for him uh be, because yeah otherwise i don't understand why he would 
choose these roles, it seems like he should be able to get something else. But I did love Mandy, and I know a lot of people liked Mom and Dad. I, I didn't really like that one as much. I'm still going to stay hopeful for Wally's Wonderworld, even though I kind of had the same feeling about that as I had with Jiu-Jitsu, that, like, this is either going to be, you know, amazing <laughs> or it's going to be just an absolute mm-hmm. disaster. And so uh, all all signs point to that being a disaster. But I guess we'll find out next year. But um, I, I'd say... Let's start getting into some puzzle pieces here with Jujitsu because there is definitely a lot to get into with this movie as far as, uh, you know, what the hell is happening in this movie. So <laughs> we'll, we'll do that throughout the puzzle pieces, though. So why don't we get into your first piece? What do you got for your first piece here? Uh, the Mortal Kombat live show. Now, notice how I did yes. not say Mortal Kombat the video game. I didn't say Mortal Kombat the movie. Mortal Kombat the live show. So back in, I don't know if you remember this or if you've, have any knowledge of it but back in 1996 that was the height of mortal kombat mania and so what they Mm -hmm. did is they put together this traveling um show that went around to various arenas and it was pretty much like the disney on ice but with the mortal kombat characters so all of the dialogue and everything was pre-recorded and they did this big long i mean it was you can find it on youtube and it is absolutely ridiculous and the only reason i bring that up is because Okay, when you have a movie called Jiu-Jitsu, okay, you mm-hmm. go into it, you know, with the expectation of being some of there being some spectacular fight sequences. And now, and look, and I'll be, first of all, I'm I'm not a martial arts trained. I just enjoy these movies for for what they are. Sure. Um, and I I could not do the things that these guys do, so I don't want to mitigate the talents or, or you know or the skills of any of these stunt performers. However. I was bored with the fight scenes. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I was, and I, I love going into these movies. I love going into these martial arts movies. I feel like in a lot of ways, um, films like the raid and night comes for mm-hmm. us, you know, these Indonesian action movies, John wick, the fight scenes there are just so brutal and so realistic and so in your face that they've almost kind of spoiled us in some kind of ways. And so that's what we expect nowadays when we see some of these, um, these martial arts, uh, sequences. However, in jujitsu, like I said, I was bored. It, it, the The fight scenes, to me at least, felt so rehearsed, and they felt so mm-hmm. just you know lackadaisical that to me it felt like I was watching that Mortal Kombat live live show. You know what I mean? Where the dialogue is all pre recorded, and you know the 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 one guy jumps over the other guy, and that was completely rehearsed because he was waiting his turn. You know what I mean? There wasn't really any kind of, um, any kind of stakes to any of the fights here. And so that, that was, that was probably, I mean, the story, we're going to get to the story, I imagine, but that was my biggest disappointment was I just thought the fights were just, um, they, they were just lame. They were boring. Yeah. And you know, it's an interesting thing. I was just talking with a friend about this the other day, but, uh, you know, about how a lot of these movies that are now being delivered in the streaming, like 4K HDR, like, you know, like just the ultimate, ultimate picture quality. And that almost like leaves less room for boring, like choreographed fight scenes like this, because 
it's just you can see them just acting it out and like you said like waiting Mm -hmm. their turn for the guy to jump over him like you could see every last moment of that and it's just so insanely clear that it like it leaves less room for any kind of uh uh, suspension of disbelief or anything like that but uh i i love that that piece of mortal Kombat the live show that that's hilarious um i'm just gonna piggyback right now for my first piece and i'm gonna say mortal Kombat the video game and mortal Kombat the movie i absolutely was thinking of mortal Kombat as well so I, I might as well just use that one right away. But, um, you know, this movie, it, there is a plot and it, it's it's very loose and very all over the place. I mean, basically, there's this alien uh, uh, being who comes to, and chooses somebody every hundred years or something like that to, to fight. I didn't even like do a Which, refresher on the plot. Why are there aliens in this movie? I, I don't know. It's just like, like I, don't, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but why are there aliens <laughs> doesn't does not need to be aliens at all and and it doesn't add anything to it whatsoever but but i i believe it's a hundred years or something and they they pick a, a someone on earth to come just fuck up for lack of a better word and then it's like it's on that that's that's who they're going after and it's just an excuse to go from fight to fight to fight to fight to fight and you know which is essentially what like the whole mortal combat plot is just such a very loose plot and i do think if I'm not, I, I didn't look this up or anything, but if I remember correctly, I think there was something in the Mortal Kombat uh, video game plot line that, that the tournament happens once every X amount of years where it's like, that's when everybody has to start fighting again. So I don't know. That might might be correct, might not be correct, but I'm going to use it anyway as part of my puzzle piece here. But uh, yeah, so Mortal Kombat in general. So obviously we got you with the uh, with the live show, but I'm also throwing the video game and the movies in there as well. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned, yeah, Mortal Kombat. I mean, because this should have been a tournament movie. Yeah. I'll just say that right now. This should have been a tournament style movie. And if you look at movies like uh, Mortal Kombat, okay, or um, uh, Bloodsport for that matter, okay, uh, you know, the plot is very, very loose. Okay. You have a tournament. All right. However, even though while that is a loose plot thread, it still works. And for a movie, again, called Jujitsu about a real life martial arts fighting style. Okay. I was expecting when I, when I first heard this movie, to be perfectly honest, when I first heard this movie was uh, being made, I thought that it was going to be a tournament style film, especially when I saw mm-hmm. the cast that was in it, Frank Grillo, Tony Jaw, Alan Moosey, all these um, accomplished fighters. That's what I interpreted. And then when I saw the trailer and I saw that there was an alien element to it, I was thinking, what the hell is this? I mean, you know, I mean, because, and, and that's the other thing too, that I was wondering, I mean, I, I don't know how familiar you, you are with the martial arts. I mean, but I was watching this and I was thinking, is there really anything about this that is jujitsu? Like, I mean, is, is, I mean, and I imagine they're using some jujitsu techniques, but they don't really lean into why the film is called jujitsu and why the study, the, the fighting style of jujitsu is you know so powerful and what it was i mean to be perfectly honest this movie could have called could have been called um space fighters or sure. g- galactic you know gal- galact- galactic fighters or something like that and it would have been just fine i didn't understand in at the end i was thinking okay i watched this martial arts movie with uh, aliens in it and whatnot but i couldn't tell you why it was called jujitsu you know and i think if it was yeah. a tournament style film where all of the fighters are learning that particular style and who is in the end, it was it, the tournament is to find out, okay, who is the best jujitsu master that would have right. made sense. 
You know, I shout out to my buddies over at the Screen Fix podcast, uh, but I'm, I'm about to do what, what they usually do on their show and fix a movie. Uh, I would fix this movie, keep the alien because it's ridiculous and great, but have the alien beam these guys to their planet for a tournament. Like you're saying, you know, they, the only way they're going to get home Uh, is to fight a jujitsu tournament on this spaceship or alien planet or whatever it is to get back home. There's your movie. Yeah. Then then you're kind of getting like a, what was the, uh, what was the predators movie that came out in 2010? I want to say where, where the, the, the predators brought the best hunters in the world to, to their planet to, to duke it out, you know? I mean, but there you go, you know. it could work. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, let's move on. What do you got for your next piece? Um, yeah, this is a lame one, but I, you know, kind of going along with the, the nonsense of, of the plot. Um, there were elements of this that reminded me of Jeepers Creepers. Oh, okay. And I don't know if you remember the horror movie Jeepers Creepers, but it was, it was established in Jeepers Creepers that, that, um, that the monster um, the, the, the beast in that movie, if you remember, he came, what was it? He came alive every, was it 60 years or something like that? That, that was the, that something was the like timeline. That. Yeah. It was like every 60 years he came and the reason was it was to eat, to feast or whatever. He, he, mm. he woke up every 60 years to collect organs and body parts and everything to make himself whole again. And then he would hibernate for, for 60 years. And then would, you know, wake up again. And while that, while that rationale and that plot thread, you could say is a little loose, you go into it and you buy it and it works. This film, I never picked up on why this alien comes every six years. I thought it was six years, but maybe I'm wrong, but I never picked up on why this, you know, this martial arts alien thing showed up every six years. To what to fight? I, I didn't get that. He shows yeah. up every six years. It just picks fight, somebody to, kill, to fight to, to kick everyone's ass, and then he goes back for for what purpose? You know, at least with you know the Predator movies. Again, it's it's loose, but at least with the Predator movies, we know that the Predator comes to Earth to hunt. Okay, because that's like sport for him on his planet. He comes, he hunts humans because that's like that's like sport. And then he comes back with a trophy, and I guess that's his vision. That's the that's the alien's vision quest where he can prove that he's a. Right. <laughs> it's a grown whatever i mean it, it it's lame but it, but it works they don't give it even when uh frank grillo and uh tony jar given alan moosey's character the necessary exposition it's just so lame because i think even they use it he comes every six years to fight why right like what what, what is this <laughs> here <laughs> Because that's what we need, apparently. And by the way, I love I love that the uh, the monks and all the people who know about this don't do shit about it. Like they they have like no plan in place until there just happens to be this fighter who's going to fight back. No, the 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 they are in the film purely to give the exposition, and they do something else, David. That to, in my opinion, I think is just lame. I think it's lame writing, but they do this thing where, okay, obviously in a film like this, you need that human component. You need that human vessel for the audience to connect with and kind of learn about this world. Right. I mean, we see this in movies all the time. You have, you have that human element who is kind of entering this new foreign land and, you know, we're kind of learning it with the character. And so what they do with this one is they make that, that human component, um, the Alan Moosey character, but he has amnesia. And we're never really given a clear indication for why he has amnesia. And they only do this. The only, the only way I could pick up on 
why they did this was so that the other characters could pretty much fill him in and give the exposition, which was yeah, so lame and so lazy. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, totally. That's, I don't know. I, I gotta, I gotta imagine like, we're kind of like talking around this idea that they started with the title jujitsu and then just kind of threw shit at the script, like what, <laughs> whatever they could possibly fit in there to just like flesh out some kind of a movie, but they really didn't have a plan in place. It seems like no, no, they, they didn't. It was, um, it almost, it feels like one of those things to be perfectly honest. Again, they had the title jujitsu, they had the actors attached and it almost felt like they were, writing the script as they went along and almost to be perfectly yeah. honest, it felt like they were choreographing the fight scenes as they went along as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you did a, uh, you did a horror movie there. So I'm going to go with a horror movie that I had on my list as well. Um, and this is a very basic little, uh, comparison here, but at the beginning of the movie, there's a girl who basically tells them this ominous message that they're all going to die if they go out in, into that uh, into those woods or whatever. And uh, it reminded me of Friday the 13th, where there's the, the <laughs> dude who gives the ominous message that you're all doomed, you know? So I just, I thought of the Friday the 13th movies, which I just got done uh, binging uh, last month. And they were a lot of fun. They are a lot of fun. <laughs> they are a lot of fun. I mean, and... Look, the the killer Jason. I mean, he has a rationale. He has for for doing, for 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 doing what he does in those movies. It makes sense, and it it's all you really yeah. need for all ten, eleven, whatever movies they've made. This I don't understand why this alien comes to Earth through that portal, which everybody seems to know about. But again, they don't. <laughs> they don't do shit. They, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's it, it was so frustrating <laughs> so bad all right what do you got for your next piece well if you want to see a film that does combine science fiction with martial arts and you want to see one that's done right i would say check out beyond skyline have you have you seen that one it's actually available on netflix I haven't. I know that this movie has a little bit of a cult following, doesn't it? It does. It, it's really wild, actually, because back in 2010, um, this little film, this little alien invasion film came out called Skyline. Um, not mm -hmm. a great film at all. Um, really no recognizable names really in it, to, to my knowledge or whatever. It was pretty much a very low budget um, Independence Day kind of ripoff. And then they did this right. uh, the sequel beyond Skyline, um, which is... I would, I guess you could say is connected to the original, but I mean, you don't need to see the original, but yeah. Um, coincidentally, it also stars Frank Grillo and, uh, eco Oasis is in that one. Um, another martial artist. And that one I feel like is done right. I mean, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, uh, aliens and interactions between the humans and the aliens is a little silly. Sure. But, um, man, the fight scenes in that one are really cool. Uh, it takes place in outer space on a spaceship. So there you go. I mean, th that right there nice. is a, <laughs> is a leg Better. up but it, it it is a it is a really cool uh little movie that i think is definitely um deserving of its cult following right on yeah i i've always wanted to check that movie out because yeah I've, I've heard that it's a lot of fun for people who are looking for like just uh you know just like a fun straightforward action sci-fi alien movie so i i gotta check that out one of these days um yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a uh, a fairly obvious one and one that you've kind of been talking about a little bit uh, throughout and that is Predator. Uh, you know you've been kind of throwing some Predator uh, stuff 
throughout in between the pieces, I feel like. But I'm just going to use Predator as a piece ex- itself. Obviously, this alien is so completely inspired by the classic Predator alien. Um, you know, the, 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 the night vision, the, uh, you know, turning invisible, the, the way it's introduced in its first scene is just like from the original Predator movie. Uh, there's just so much about this character that they just said, you know, we, we want to do all those exact same things. So let's just do those same exact things with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. With Drax. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It it feels like they were, writing the script and they had, they started filming and they just said, let's bring in a predator alien because that's cool. Which coincidentally, I mean, you know, the last predator movie that came out was a huge bomb and a big disappointment. So it's not like, and the fans were like, we need a predator alien here in this film. Um, Yeah. I I saw, I thought that as well. And I don't know, I I guess you could say they were just paying homage to uh, an alien that was done better, I guess. And it even has, it even has some, uh, in addition to the invisibility, it even, you know, shoots some um, discs or whatever, similar to right, the, right. the Predator alien did. Yeah, I'd say it's Predator mixed with Mortal Kombat. I mean, that that is what this uh, this particular alien hybrid is. <laughs> Predator mixed with the Mortal Kombat live show, David. Yes, we, we, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got for your next piece? Well, you know, th- this one, it's it's interesting because um, the director has some chops, I, I will say. Um, the director's name is uh, Dimitri Logothetis, and he did his previous film that he did was uh, Kickboxer Retaliation, um, starring mm-hmm. Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's actually um, the sequel to the Kickboxer reboot um, that, that came out. And, um, you know, actually, that, that film is is very well done. It's a very simple meat and potatoes fighting movie i mean that's mm. all it is it's a, it's a very simplistic fighting story um but it's uh it's enjoyable i mean it really is it's enjoyable and what's what's wild about it is i think i i think i texted you you should check it out i tried finding it on youtube but i couldn't but it is on uh, netflix actually another movie that's on netflix but i encourage you watch the opening titles sequence to kickboxer mm-hmm. retaliation and then watch the opening title sequence to this movie and Dimitri Logothetis, him and his editor did the exact same thing. I mean, both of these movies start out exactly the same, where what you're getting is you're getting this um, this kind of action-y score that's thrown in. It's uh, flashing scenes from the movie of the characters in slow motion fighting. And then at the very, very end, you get the title Jiu-Jitsu, or in Kickboxer Retaliation, you got the title Kickboxer Retaliation. And it's it fl- like flies in at the very, very end of the credits, you know, in this big, nice. you know, <laughs> this 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 big um, signature uh, uh, opening, if you will. And so, yeah, it, it was, it was kind of wild. I feel like Dimitri Logothetis was like, you know, I really liked this in Kickbox Retaliation. Well, I'm going to do this in Jiu-Jitsu as well. <laughs> Movies aren't related in any way. When you know what you like, you just, you know, you like it. You might as well do it again, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I I also like in the opening when uh, when you're seeing like the outer space segments and the just those like, Oh, just like Nintendo 64 level, uh, uh, like spaceships and like rocks, and like like asteroids and stuff like that. They just look so bad. The uh, 
the uh, the outer space sequences. They're just terrible. Well, that's funny too because that's also kind of. I mean, look, I haven't played a video game in in years. Like it's been well over twenty some odd years. But I remember as a kid playing my NES. And if you remember the NES back in the 80s and the 90s, they had a video game of just about everything. And a lot of the games that were out made no sense whatsoever. You had sure. ninjas fight. I mean, I, I can't name any games particularly, but I, you know, there were games out there where you had, you know, in one in one single game, you had uh, ninjas fighting robots and fighting aliens and fighting soldiers. I mean, it, making no sense whatsoever. And I, to an extent, that's almost what this felt like to me. It, it felt yeah. like one of those, not just any video game, David, but it felt like one of those nonsensical games from 1989, 1990, you know? No, absolutely. It's funny. We were just doing an episode over on Awesome Movie Year on Streets of Fire, and I brought that up about how it's like you just throw in absolutely any and everything into this movie, and it, it just feels like a video game because that's that's how some video games really just create their world. It's like anything could possibly happen in this world. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe perhaps I mean you know I, I hate to keep dogging on this film, but maybe perhaps a, a you know a story like this might have been better serviced if it was a uh, a television series or at the very least a you know a series of games or something like that. Then maybe they could have sure. spent more time fleshing out the characters and the story, and for God's sakes the 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 style of jujitsu. Like let let me know yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> why this is the supreme fighting style yeah right well i'll go on to another piece here uh i'm gonna go with hardcore henry the uh the the pov first person movie action movie and there's there's a bunch of sequences in this that uh try to do that i don't think that i i only saw that movie once back when it first came out and i don't remember it being particularly that great the sequences aren't done that great here either i don't know if that kind of pov action really works as an idea i think it's just something to try but strapping a gopro to someone's head and then having them run and kick ass uh is i guess it's kind of disorienting and it especially doesn't work when it's in the midst of like we've been saying just kind of just a, a long uh, uninspired action sequence you know it's a gimmick i mean that, that that's yeah. all it was that movie was just a a great big gimmick but uh but yeah, no, that, that that makes total sense. Um, I haven't seen that one since it came out, and I remember at the end, uh, just feeling maybe not so much confused, but I had a headache afterwards, yeah. you know, <laughs> with what I had just watched. I thought you were gonna say you barfed. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I heard some people actually had that same reaction as well. So. <laughs> so what do you got next? I only got one more piece after that. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because when. I got finished watching this. Um, it made me really want to go back and watch um, the quest with, uh, uh, with, okay. with Jean-Claude Van Damme again, an another Van Damme piece. Um, I don't know if you're too familiar with the quest or not, but um, that was the film that he um, actually, it was the film that he directed. He helped uh, co-write it and he directed and starred in it as well. And it's pretty much, it's another variation on the tournament film. He had done blood sports, so he decided to kind of go back to that well and do another blood right. sport. But what's what's really cool about that one is, look, that movie is it's pretty much just fight scene after fight scene after fight scene. But again, what why I think it works is because it is a tournament and each fighter in the movie 
has a signature fighting style. Okay. And that's, mm. what's so cool about it. You have, I mean, and, and on one hand you can look at it and the film is kind of stereotypical in, and because, okay, the, the fighter from China happens to be a big sumo wrestler and the, the fighter from Scotland is just so happening to wear a, a kilt or whatever. And then the fighter yeah, from Spain right. is like a bullfighter. That's kind of, you like know what I mean? So it, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty much, yeah, it's a better version of street fighter than the street fighter ver- uh, movie that uh, Van Damme did. But in the end, like I said, each fighter has their own fighting style and the movie um, is kind of proving, okay, which is, what is the supreme fighting style? of of everybody here and um yeah it's it, it's it's a it's it's goofy it's a dopey movie but um in the end it uh it is fun and with better choreographed uh fight sequences i'll have to i i have to say than than this one that actually does sound like a lot of fun i i feel like i might have saw it back when it first came out back in 96 but um uh, i i don't really recall but it sounds like it'll be a lot of fun especially as a fan of like you know, all fighting games in general, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, all of them, you know, it sounds like it would be like kind of the best movie version of that. It is. It is. Like I said, it is. It is a better adaptation of the Street Fighter video game than the Street Fighter movie, coincidentally also starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, I feel so. Right. <laughs> Very strange. Well, I will go with my last piece then. And normally when we talk about puzzle pieces on this show, um, you know, it's it's more of a inspired by or you know reminded me of certain aspects of other movies uh but for my last piece i am going to go with just in general asylum films which are (laughs) are normally not inspired by other movies but are just straight up ripping off whatever the big thing is of the moment and this just feels so much like a lot of the things we talked about in during this conversation it's just just ripping off predator into a movie that is ripping off you know a lot of these uh these these great martial arts movies and stuff like that and it just feels like it's you know people love those movies let's just make one they're cheap to make let's just you know throw it out there put a few stars in it for like 10 minutes each and that's good enough we could slap them on the poster and on the front of the uh artwork even though Nicolas Cage like we said is like in this movie for like 10 minutes uh Tony Jaa I'm not even sure how long he was in this movie not very long either I don't think um but it's just like making just a very basic ripoff of the general premise of some of these much much better ideas uh which is just what Asylum has kind of built an empire on (laughs) so you know uh but so that's the last piece yeah they have i mean if this did not star if this did not have the cast that it did this would have been an asylum movie i mean it would have either been an asylum movie or it would have premiered on the sci-fi network i mean without a doubt i think the fact that this miraculously got the cast that it did um is what puts it a level above those other ones but in the end the story is nothing different than what it, what would would air or excuse me premiere on uh, the Sci-Fi Network. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, you know, just randomly something that uh, I just realized we haven't even mentioned at all yet is the comic book paneling before some scenes. Yes. Such a just strange choice, and especially the fact that it didn't even look like they got someone to draw those panels. It's just like a uh, like an Instagram filter that makes it look cartoonish, almost <laughs> like you know, it's mm-hmm. not even like a real, real full on cartoon. I, I just thought that that was hilarious. 
Well, that offended me to be perfectly honest, because, (laughs) (laughs) because I mean, first of all, I mean, it kind of reminded me of, um, Ang Lee's the Hulk. If you remember the, uh, the the 2003 Ang Lee movie, um, uh, the, you know, Hulk adaptation, the first Hulk movie that we got. It's weird because with that one, you know, Ang Lee was doing the same thing. He was transitioning scenes by kind of, kind of doing comic book panels. Like he was purposely trying to remind the viewer, Hey, our film is based on a comic book, which it's kind of like, look, anybody, anybody in the world who is going into a Hulk movie. Okay. Knows that that character is based on a comic book property. So we do not need the (laughs) reminder of it. You know what I mean? Blasting us in the face. So with this particular film, while it was not based on a comic book, it was just odd because it's like they were, well, this is like something that would appear in a comic book. So we are going to transition our scenes like we would a comic book panel. And it was kind of like, no, like in, in my opinion, like no. I said, I, I felt a little insulted. I was like, oh, I don't need this. You know, you go into a movie called, I mean, let's face it, David, you go into a movie called jujitsu with martial artists and aliens. I know going into if they had told me there is a comic book based on this or whatever, I would have said, okay, cool. I'm not going to go out and read it though. Why do I need that visual reminder between scenes? And like you said, it's one thing if the art was cool, if the art was good, then okay. I I might give it a few, you know, a few notches above that. But like you said, it looked like it was some kind of, um, what would you say? Like a Snapchat filter? filter. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like a filter that it was just like, well, they're not even trying here, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I, I get, I guess that that's, I don't know. I guess it adds a layer to like tie it into again, the things that, that they're trying to so hard to kind of emulate and rip off. I mean, they're just really trying to tie into what's hot in a way. Yeah. And I'm, (laughs) if this is what's hot, then maybe I need to find a new, a new genre <laughs> to to be passionate about here. But yeah, no, it was, I, I was, I was disappointed. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, And I know, I know a lot of people loved the movie and I know a lot of people are thinking, you know, considering the nature of my podcast and the nature of the films that I like to discuss that I'd be a little more praising of it, but I, but I was not, which is really, which is really unfortunate because I had high hopes for it. I mean, I was pretty psyched right. when, when I first heard about it in production and everything. I was really looking forward to it. And then when I saw that it was going to be in theaters one night and I couldn't go that one night to see it, I'll admit I was a little bummed. Um, right. Maybe there's a reason why it was only <laughs> one, one night. I think everything worked out in my favor. Um, I, in the yeah. end, David, I think, uh, I think if, if we go down in history to where when people say, hey, what was the last movie you saw in theaters? And I tell them, oh, the last movie I saw in theaters was Let Him Go. There's nothing wrong with that. I am perfectly happy saying that. That's more respectable good movie. than if I than if I had to uh, say oh, the last movie I saw was Jujitsu Man, and that was a that was a suck. <laughs> oh, would that be a bummer? All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and do the finished puzzle then for Jujitsu, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts here. Uh, finished puzzle includes Mortal Kombat the live show, as well as Mortal Kombat the movie, the game, everything Mortal Kombat. Uh, Jeepers Creepers, Friday the 13th movies, Beyond Skyline, Predator, Kickboxer Retaliation, Hardcore Henry, The Quest, Ang Lee's The Hulk, 
and then asylum films just in general. So that is our list. Uh, do you have any other like thoughts that we didn't quite get into when we were going through all the puzzle pieces? I mean, this is this is very desperately uh, trying to be a video game, trying to be a comic book. What's interesting, though, is it has none of that. Um, it has none of those uh, foundations, if you will, that to mm-hmm. where it's pulling from. You know, it's really wild because it's it's like it's trying to create its own world or its own franchise, but it doesn't have any of that source material that it's pulling from. Um, which yeah. is uh, which is really unfortunate. If this had been made 15, 20 years ago, I think we definitely would have gotten a video game based on it. Excuse me, maybe more like 30 years ago, maybe uh, we would have gotten because yeah. they were doing video games based on everything back then. Um, but <laughs> as of as of now, it just came and it was a little dated. And I think there are there are some schools of thought that would say, you know, well, this film wasn't trying to be anything. It wasn't. It was just fun. It was just a fun escapist, which I can see that and I can sympathize with that. However, uh, in the end, I, I was I was just kind of bored. You know what I mean? I mean, right. if anything, if you go into this film hoping for some good fight scenes, it, it's gonna it's gonna be lacking even in that department. Sadly, yeah, I, I was gonna say that uh, to me, and I'm obviously not as much of an action movie connoisseur as you are, but uh, to me, the fight scenes weren't good. They were just long. Like it's like qual- quantity over quality. You know, that that's what I got from it anyway. I'm not sure what other like major, you know, fight movie uh, fans would say about that. But to me, it was just like, yeah, qu- quantity over quality, really. Yeah, well said. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think if you want if you want a goofy fighting style movie, then check out, like I said, the quest uh, kickboxer retaliation. Or if you want some for some really impressive fight sequences and uh, you have a Netflix account, then uh, I think check out The Night Comes For Us. That one uh, still to this oh, day yeah. could be one of the <laughs> most brutal fight films ever. Fantastic. Well, I think that about does it, man. Uh, this has been a uh, this has been a wild one uh, talking about this freaking movie. But aside from those movies that you just recommended, uh, you know, I always like to ask my my guests to recommend another movie they saw recently. Is there anything else you watched recently you want to uh, recommend to our listeners? Uh, well, I kind of already mentioned it, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if theaters are ever going to open up again. Um, it's going to be wild if we're in a, in a in a world that that doesn't have movie theaters. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the last one that I saw was uh, Let Him Go, which was mm-hmm. um, an amazing movie. It's actually on, it's one of those high-profile on-demand releases that's, that's out. They, they put it out there. Um, yeah, it's, it's a real slow burn of a film. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's a real, real slow burn of a film. But man, when it gets to the end, um, there are two scenes in particular that are just a total wallop that... I mean, it, it, it's slow moving, but when it gets to those, you are on the edge of your seat. And so that was, uh, that, that was well worth the uh, uh, $10 price, the, 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 the $10 ticket fee that I guess I paid. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, no, great movie. Uh, I saw it the other day on, on VOD. Um, definitely worth checking out. Uh, but right on, man. Uh, why don't you tell people about your podcast and what you've been up to over there? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I must break this podcast, the, uh, the Dolph Lundgren <laughs> fan podcast, where we go in chronological order, um, reviewing, analyzing and discussing the, uh, the films of the great, uh, the great thespian that is Mr. Dolph Lundgren. 
And in between um, the movie review episodes, we always have a uh, uh, an interview episode. So I've been very fortunate. I've gotten to speak with some uh, really cool guests who've uh, directed many of Dolph's films or who have written many of Dolph's films. And so, uh, um, yeah, even if you're even if you're not a fan of uh, Mr. Lundgren, I'd like to think that uh, anybody who is interested in uh, low budget independent action cinema um, would enjoy many of these conversations. So, and, and I can only imagine you, David, I don't think you ever anticipated when you started up your podcast that you would have the, the host of the Dolph Lundgren fan podcast <laughs> coming on multiple times. So I do appreciate it. Or, or that I would be a guest on the Dolph Lundgren fan podcast multiple times. So, <laughs> well, and we've we actually, just before we recorded, we discussed, um, the next episode that uh, that you've agreed to, where we're going to be talking about Dolph's uh, TV work, the television shows that he has guest starred on. So that'll be a fun episode. I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Well, I, I'm looking forward to that, and I am glad to have finally gotten you back here on the show. And uh, yeah, man, thanks again for doing it. Yeah, thank you very much. Have a good one. This is JC and the lady one from Screen Fix Podcast. Come listen to our show where we provide gentle edits and sometimes change the whole movie to fix a movie we're watching. Have you ever walked out of a movie and said to your friend, that was pretty good, but you know what they should have done? That's this show. Listen along and share your fixes with us. Find Screen Fix anywhere you listen to podcasts. Oh, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Screen Fix Pod. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sean Malloy about jujitsu. Go check out his podcast. I must break this podcast. I am getting ready to watch a few of those Dolph Lundgren TV appearances so I could join him on an upcoming episode. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, and I also gave a shout out to Screen Fix Pod. Go make sure to check those guys out as well. Always a fun show to listen to. And uh, yeah, as always, I want to thank you all for listening to this podcast. Uh, if you're out there and you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And of course, make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you listen to podcasts. We have a lot of podcasts coming your way over the next few weeks. So many episodes coming. Uh, it's actually really difficult to get them all scheduled between, you know, this is supposed to be a Friday show, but... We've got Monday and Friday every week in December, and maybe even we'll squeeze in a third one here and there just because there's so many movies to cover, and, you know, I don't want to push it till next month, then there'll be more movies to cover. So, I don't know. We'll figure out where to put them if you keep listening. So, thank you so much for being out there. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, and to check out our Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where we've got bonus content from this podcast, awesome movie year, my music, whole bunch of stuff. And uh, speaking of my music, let's close this episode out with a piece of music like we always do. I am going to go with a track called The Master. Speaking of jujitsu and all this fighting and all this stuff, I'm going to go with The Master. This is from a free bonus album I put out exclusively on my band camp called Another Sky. And uh, yeah, I always love this track. I'm eventually going to take all these bonus tracks and combine them into some kind of release that will be more official and uh, available on you know the iTunes and the Spotify and Apple Music and all that, so that way you can listen to it along with the rest of my albums. But uh, I've always loved this track, so enjoy it. It's called The Master. 
And uh, thanks, as always, for listening. West Production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.